10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Monday Night Football action headed our way in a little over 10 minutes from now. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the Seattle Seahawks in what looks like a cold and rainy Seattle. We've got some news, Courtney. Uh, it will be Drew Locke starting for the Seattle Seahawks. It is not Geno Smith. Now, he is active, Geno Smith. They were trepidatious about naming him the starter in this one. He's been dealing with that ankle injury, I believe it is, right? So Groin. Groin. Groin injury. Groin injury. There you go. I can't keep track of all the injuries here. So there you go. So he is apparently still active, so he's available to play, but he's not going to get the go. They're going to see if they can get something going against this Eagles defense without Geno Smith at the helm. It's interesting because he was not put on the inactive sheet. So that comes out 90 minutes before the game. And John Schneider, their general manager, was doing his radio hit before, and he said that in you know, they were good. They had 54 minutes up until that point when he was doing his radio hit to decide who was going to start, what was going to happen. And Brady Henderson, who covers the Seattle Seahawks, you know, tweeted the whole exchange. He said that, you know, that surprised the Seahawks a little bit with how good he looked in pregame warmups and that they were going to figure out what was going on, that Drew Locke had taken first team reps in practice all week. But like, I felt like a lot really hinged on this pregame warm-up. And you and I have been watching. We talked with Tim McManus, for, who covers the Eagles, who was also out there tonight, that the conditions, not great. I mean, it's pouring mm-hmm. rain out there. Jalen Hurts is dealing with an illness, and he's going to be playing through that. But Geno Smith, with this groin injury, maybe it's the conditions. Maybe they're worried about him slipping and re-injuring it even further. He did miss the previous game with that groin injury against the San Francisco 49ers. So... Hopefully it's nothing more than that. I know that he apparently did aggravate the injury this week. That's why Drew Locke was taking first-team reps in practice. But you're going to want Geno Smith, you know, at some point, if they're going to try to make this push towards, you know, maybe the seven seed in the NFC playoffs. I know it feels like a little bit of a uh, long shot right now, but they're still technically in the hunt uh, behind the Los Angeles Rams, who are the current seven seed. Yeah, I think that... I would imagine anyways that they decided with these conditions, let's not let him tweak it again because he had already tweaked it this week. So why go out and risk it? I don't know if we'll see some sort of in-game change, but it has been Drew Locke taking first team reps all week and taking first team reps here warming up before the game. So no Geno Smith, even though he still is active. So at least for now, it will be Drew Locke getting the start tonight. And Courtney mentioned it there. Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive of insurance. Courtney mentioned it there. Jalen Hurts also battling through stuff for this one. Flu-like symptoms. He's sick enough that he took an entirely separate plane from the team to try to not get anybody else sick, uh, which, I mean, all right. (laughs) 
these guys are around each other all week at practice. They're like breathing and sweating on each other. But hey, any precaution you can take. I guess tonight, I always wonder, and it, I guess it, it's like that world is so strange and so different from the world that the rest of us live on. So maybe they don't give a darn when they're in game, Courtney. But can you imagine going up against me if you know I have the flu and you have to tackle me and I'm going to be That's breathing on That's a good like, point. That sucks. I, I don't know. When you're talking with Herm Edwards and you and I are both looking at each other through the Zoom when the co- topic of conversation of Aaron Rodgers comes up and, you know, Herm's making the point that football player's going to football player. Like, you can't stay away from the game. Even if your Achilles ruptured a couple months ago, you got to be out there playing. Like, these guys tonight are taking that same mentality. Jalen Hurts is dealing with flu-like symptoms and the conditions not favorable for somebody who may or may not have the flu and to know that like it's not like you can 50% your job you know what I mean or like 75% your job when you're not feeling well you're not operating at 100% hell when I'm not feeling well mentally my brain's in a, t- in a different place because your body's just trying to get through the day and go through the motions you cannot do that as an NFL player you cannot just go through the motions and for Jalen Hurts out there trying to get this offense back on track for the Philadelphia Eagles, that's not going to be easy in the conditions, the way that he's feeling, knowing that this offense has been outscored by nearly 50 points the last two games. That's that's a really tall task, but, you know, football player going to football player. Football players are going to football. Uh, being rich like these guys sounds great. Some of the perks that they get from their fame sounds great. Having to play through the flu or do anything physical sounds truly awful. I mean, just so, so bad. Even Could it be me? Cold, Could any not be me. Ah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty tough because I've shown up here and done a lot of radio shows under the weather, but that's sitting at a microphone talking. So, <laughs> And we're indoors. We're not dealing with the pouring rain in Seattle. And if I had the actual flu, I'd probably be calling in sick, (laughs) even though I'm sitting (laughs) in my house doing this radio show. That's just the truth of the matter. I'm going to call an audible here. We were going to talk about the Cowboys. We'll get to the Cowboys and what happened there a little bit later in the show. But I'm going to call an audible Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight because we brought up the Aaron Rodgers situation. And I want to talk about this thing because I just find it. Yes, sure. Football players are going to football. But should you let the football player football when he's 40? years old and you're going to be relying on him next season in every way we see how terrible this Jets team looks without him under center I don't know what it's going to look like frankly with him under center Courtney but it can't look much worse than it has we saw what just happened to Zach Wilson poor Zach Wilson who didn't even reportedly want to play a report that he's denied but that kid didn't want to play and then he gets out there and he gets concussed for playing after having the career game that he had the week before that is a bad O-line that is a problematic team and I think it's bat bleep that Aaron Rodgers wants to get out there to know that he's going to in who knows I know I know they have until Wednesday to activate him you know from IR otherwise his 21 day window closes and he ends up going to I reverts to IR for the rest of the season there's three more games they were eliminated yesterday whatever but The question that Robert Sala answered when he was asked if Aaron Rodgers can protect himself from an offensive behind an offensive line that got Zach Wilson concussed yesterday, or at least like put him in a position where he had to like leave the game early behind Mm -hmm. that unit. And he's like, well, he's a Hall of Famer. He should be able to figure it out. What? What kind of answer is that for somebody who's coming off of an Achilles tear? Last I checked, he's still under contract for next year. He actually signed a three year contract. 
with the Jets when he was traded, and I believe they are expecting that he will make a recovery in time. Well, clearly right now he's practicing, but I believe they expect him to be full strength come training camp in 2024. Why on earth? Why on any there's no logic behind that to decide that you want to let this guy because he's got the itch to play and because he misses being with the guys and any other football man BS that you can like inject here. It makes no sense other than somebody who just cannot let, you know, cannot let the game alone for an ample amount of time because regardless of whether he felt well enough, you can still rehab. You can still get your body ready to go. What do you have to gain? Your team's already out of the postseason. You have three meaningless games coming up. It does Aaron Rodgers no good to go and play, and I honestly hope that even if they do activate him, that we do not see him in a game the rest of the way. I just think that's malpractice. It feels like malpractice. It feels like the only reason to do it would be because you are quite literally handing the keys of your organization to Aaron Rodgers in every single way, because there's also guaranteed money that goes into effect here. And why are you risking any of this when it could take one play again or a few play, a couple of snaps, and then he's out, and then he's out for all of next season? It, it's too huge of a risk unless it's about control. And that's what I feel like this is about when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, because they have handed that organization over to him. Even on the sidelines, when you watch during these games, Courtney, I mean, he looks like a coach. Now, in part, that's because of the age factor, right? I mean, the dude's out there. He's 40 years old. He looks like a coach, right? He fits in in that regard. But he's out there. He's like always, you know, mouth and stuff. He's got the headset on. He's super into it. He's really trying to help out his team on the sidelines. He feels like he is so in the mix and having taken over this team in every way that I guess if he has some vendetta or whatever it is that he wants to prove, and I don't really understand what it is that he's trying to prove, but if he's trying to prove that he's like some medical miracle and can come back quicker than everybody expects, the only way that I imagine that the Jets give into that is if they're just letting Aaron Rodgers quite literally run the show. That's narcissistic behavior if he feels he needs to go out there and prove something. like I, that, That's not doing anybody any good because you run the risk of getting yourself hurt, which then affects 52 other players on this roster, affects an entire coaching staff, in fact, affects an entire front office that brought you in here. If that happens, everyone's fired. And I don't know if he's considered all of those things because then if he did, he wouldn't be making such rash decisions. And I'm watching him right now in this video I saw of him from, from practice practice I believe it's on December 14th so four days ago and he's moving around I guess it looks okay but do we really know how healthy he is in order to say you are healthy enough to play in a football game we talked about this with Jalen Hurts you can't play football at 45 percent you can't play it at 50 percent you can't play it at anything other than 100 percent if you don't want to get hurt and even then still playing at 100 percent guys get hurt and that's a problem and I really hope that they end up having cooler heads prevail because It's on the responsibility of the coaches, of the people Mm -hmm. making decisions in the organization to protect the player from himself. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers should have a say in this at this point. He's been given too much leeway to do whatever the heck he wants in this organization. They've got to protect his health considering he's he's not. That's frankly what he's not doing right now. Yeah, they've got to protect their asset. Uh, let's be realistic, right? I mean, they've got to, it's not even about like, oh, feel good for Aaron Rodgers. It's, it, that is who they have invested the future of this team in right now, at least the very short-term future of this team. But that's who their hopes and dreams 
rest on in the immediacy. That's the dude. You've got to protect your asset, maybe protect your asset from himself. They have to have the leadership there in New York to do that. I know that is a desperate franchise. I think right now they have the longest lack of playoff stretch in all of major North American sports. It's been the longest. Yeah, 13 years, I think, is the longest out of any of the major sports. Yes, they want a postseason. It ain't happening this season, so let's just move on to next season. And if you're going to make a postseason next season, you need Aaron Rodgers to be healthy. And he ain't going to be that if you start putting him behind that broken line. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian. Courtney knows a thing or two about the Chicago Bears, and she covers them for us. Should the Bears keep Justin Fields or move on after the season? We'll get into it with her. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We've just kicked off on Monday Night Football, Seahawks and Eagles in action in Seattle. We will keep you updated on all the happenings. Jalen Hurts is out there. He doesn't look happy, but he is out there with flu-like symptoms. I wouldn't be happy either if I was out there. He doesn't look sick either right now. Did you see that 15-yard run on the first play from scrimmage? I'm telling you, Courtney, these dudes are built different. And then whatever they take (laughs) for these games, I mean, I'm just saying, it's the good good. And I would like some of it in my life next time I'm sick. It helps that you have a fully dedicated medical staff to your every single waking need. And I'm sure he took an IV. I'm sure he's got medicine, whatever it is, to make himself at least at least functional for today's game. I hope that he can stay healthy out there. These conditions look awful. Have you seen the rain? Like, it's picking yeah. up right now. And it's hard to tell on, on the TV, but those who are there who watch Jalen Hurts eventually go through that pregame warm-up, um, 
it, it, it looks like it's coming down in buckets. It looks like Seattle. Uh, it is yep. cold. Seattle in December. It is Makes wet. Sense. It is rainy in December in Seattle. But Jalen Hurts right now and the Eagles are driving down the field. So if they score. We will certainly be letting you know here on Amber and Ian. Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian tonight. But let's talk about the team that Courtney Cronin covers for us here at ESPN. And that is the Chicago Bears. The conversation, Courtney, for this Bears team always centers around Justin Fields, at least until it doesn't. Is there going to be a day it doesn't? Do we think (laughs) that Chicago that is going to be looking at probably the number one overall pick, although the Panthers might have screwed that up a little bit (laughs) yesterday, but probably the number one overall pick because they do have the Panthers pick. And then, of course, they also have their pick in the first round. Regardless of where they're picking, they're certainly in a position to get a quarterback. Should they be looking to move on? It's tough, and I know that there are people, you'll read a bunch of articles from here until the time something inevitably does happen, where anonymous GMs are quoted making it sound like this is a unbelievably easy slam dunk. You reset the rookie clock, you move on, Justin's not the guy, et cetera, et cetera. There's more nuance in this for a second-year general manager in Ryan Poles to make a decision like this that's franchise-altering. You never want to be the team with the number one overall pick because, and I get it, Like this is Carolina's pick, who they're muddying the waters right now by winning games, and they've got to hope that, at least if you're the Bears, you hope that their remaining schedule, which is the Packers, Jacksonville's in there. Um, I believe they've got another NFC South team to close out the year. Like, you got to hope that their schedule is, is at least hard enough to keep them at two wins and not put them in the territory of New England, who has three losses, three wins, and then the Arizona Cardinals, because then you could be playing your way into maybe the second overall pick, the third overall pick. That changes things completely. So it could get pretty dramatic if that does happen. But, you know, you don't want to be in the position to be drafting number one overall because it meant at one point you were so, 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 so terrible, the worst team in the NFL – that you ended up in possession of this pick. So you went through a lot to get there. The flip side of that is if you do have that pick, you can't possibly think that, like, this is going to be easy, stick with the guy, showing you whatever, unless you have somebody who is a surefire, this guy is going to be there when we raise the Super Bowl trophy. They do not know that about Justin Fields, nor do they know that about anybody else in the draft. But the benefit... Ways outweighs what they currently their current situation. The benefit of starting the rookie clock over with a quarterback that they will have drafted. Remember, this regime, coaching staff in front office, got there the year after Justin Fields had been drafted. They've got to think about their long term well being and their longevity uh, as part of this franchise. And I just don't think. You know, it's really kind of like irrespective of anything Justin Fields does. I think that the benefit of having that pick and what it means for the next 10 years potentially outweighs anything that Justin could have shown you. And I'm not looking at this just in a game by game vacuum and what we saw in Cleveland. To me, this was the end all be all from the beginning of the season, barring a big time winning season from Justin Fields and and showing that, hey, he, he is that guy. Like To me, the, the question's been answered for a couple weeks now, and I, I anticipate that that's probably the direction that they're going to have to go. So the Browns did beat the Bears 20-17. to 17. The Bears had a chance there. First of all, they blew, what, a 17-7 to 7 lead in that yeah. game, and then they had a chance at the very end. Hail Mary, Justin Fields almost worked, by the way. Almost worked. The Browns got really, really lucky that it bounced out of... Darnell Mooney's hands. Mooney's it really hands. bounced yeah, off his chest. Yeah, yeah. 
So they got really lucky in that situation. Otherwise, it, it could have been a very different story. But you're saying regardless of what the result of that game would have been, you still feel like the decision would have been made about Justin Fields. They were a five and eight team going into yesterday. They're now five and nine. They're going. They've guaranteed at this point. There's three games left. They're going to finish with a losing record in back-to-back seasons with this regime. Justin injured his thumb week week six, so he didn't play again until week 11. And even then, the conversation was, what does he need to do in these final seven games of his 2023 season to prove to the team that it's worth keeping him? Barring, like, going undefeated, barring go in that stretch, barring, like, you know, throwing for 300 yards every single game, which he has not done, has he put up good numbers? Yeah. Are they great numbers? No. I just think that you cannot look at this situation and hold out hope of, okay, here's a glimmer of hope. Let's follow that. Okay, where does that lead us? Because that's the stuff that gets people fired. That's the stuff that puts you in the territory of purgatory, more or less, that you keep waiting for something to happen. The belief that you have in a player, whether blind or unbiased, doesn't come along fast enough to where the benefit of having that number one overall pick that doesn't. That's not outweighed by like, hey, Justin's had a couple good games here and there. To me, it's a situation where they have to think about the rest of the roster, and you know they have a very good defense right now. The winning formula across the NFL: a rookie quarterback on a, a on a rookie contract, somebody you could have for five years potentially on that fifth year option, and a championship caliber defense, which they can continue to add to. That's probably the better like economical advantage and decision that they could make in not keeping Justin Fields beyond this year. The rookie contract is the only reason having more years on the rookie contract is the only reason that if I was that brass that I would consider moving on because what also gets people fired is you bring in the rookie and he doesn't work out. Right. And I don't know if Caleb Williams is going to be better in the NFL than Justin Fields or Drake may or Jaden Daniels or any of these guys who are going to be coming out, who are going to be those high picks at that quarterback position. I always feel like Courtney, if you've got, you know, one in the hand it's worth two in the bush or whatever, but I do think it actually is important to consider here where we have actually seen Justin Fields show some promise in the NFL. We haven't seen those guys do any of that. And so if you could use instead that draft capital on positions to build around him and get him some better weapons, what does that mean for him rather than using that draft capital on that position and shortcoming your weapons around the rook? It's tough because you think, okay, you'll you'll trade back, get a bunch of other weapons. Are you sure that Justin Fields will be able to elevate the team beyond what you've already seen when they did add weapons this offseason? Can they add more? Sure. But the way that he's talked about it, like he'll have a future in the NFL. I'm certain mm-hmm. of that. I mean, he can go to Atlanta right now and probably start games for, for them, considering their quarterback situation. He's played well enough these four games since he's been backed that his trade value – is at a point that the Bears should be very happy with that, no matter what they decide to do the next couple of games, but also what that goes into play for the 2024 offseason. The risk you run, I guess, if you're Chicago, you get rid of Justin Fields, he balls out somewhere else, and the guy you bring in in the draft does not. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, are the Chargers the most dysfunctional team in the NFL? Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. No general manager, no head coach, at least for the time being. There are some interims in place for the Los Angeles Chargers. A disappointing season, to say the least, but maybe greener pastures ahead. Let's bring in some help for the Chargers conversation. Jalila Adai, former Chargers safety, joins us here on Amber and Ian with Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian tonight. And Jaleel, thanks so much for your time. Obviously, that drubbing at the hands of the Raiders, incredibly embarrassing for the Chargers, and they cleaned house after words as a result as a player where would you be mentally at this point in the season how do you kind of get your mind wrapped around playing your best from here on out well you see the head coach and the general manager is gone and you got to say hey you know what this league one less than one percent makes it to this league and it's a high competitive league and you got to look at these last three opportunities like I have to play at a high level. I have to continue to show teams next year, this same organization with the charges that I'm playing for or 31 other teams that, hey, when free agency comes, I'm available and I'm worth every penny. So as a player, when I've been in situations like this where we have three or four games left in the season and we know we're out of the playoffs or that our coaches might be fired. But you got to say, you know what, I'm my own business. At the end of the day, I have to continue to put my best work out here because I am professional and this is what we do for a living. And I think when you take that mindset and you go into the last season with that mindset, you put yourself in a good situation for next year. Jaleel, this defense underperformed, and I know that that's putting it lightly this this season. Brandon Staley is a defensive guy, and he had a lot of talent with this group. How does this defense, no matter who the head coach is in 2024, no matter who's here, because there will be some tough decisions they have to make with the roster, how does this defense get back on track? Well, first of all, we have to see who their head coach is and you got to see what kind of system that they want and they want to implement with these guys. And you have to look and say, you know what, no matter what coach we had in the past, we have to scratch that surface and we got to start over with a blank sheet. And you got to just get back to basics. So defense is all about running and tackling, seeing what you've studied all week, seeing what you've, what you've gone against with the scout teams and just going out there and playing football. A lot of times defensive coordinators or coaches or even players like to make the game too complex than it needs to be. See ball, get ball. And I believe that mentality, you can get your defense back on track. Former Chargers DB Jaleel Adai joining us here on Amber and Ian. A lot of people expected Jaleel that Brandon Staley was going to get the boot. Frankly, probably came a year too late for a lot of people. But Tom Telesco was a bit of a surprise for people. Obviously, this is a team loaded with talent. He did hire Staley. Were you surprised that Telesco also got the boot? Uh, Telesco brought me in 11 years ago as an undrafted free agent, and I have a great relationship with him. I also worked with Brandon Staley um, this summer with the fellowship, internship, coaching. So I think Brandon, he he wanted to do right. He he meant well. You know, things may have flipped out of his hands, but as far as Tom, I was surprised. I mean, Tom has done nothing since he's been there was this stack of roster, give give these coaches that have come in players, right? I think Tom has done a good job drafting. 
Um, I think he's one of the better GMs in the NFL when it comes to drafting. Um, so I was shocked, you know, but when, when, when things go how they went um, versus the Raiders on Thursday night in the fashion that it did where it looked like the players just had given up, I think the owners more so just looked at it, hey, like we need to start over. But I have no doubt that Tom Telesco will land back on his feet because he's a really good GM. So you were part of that Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship, and you were there during the off season. They were coming off that really tough loss in the wild card round, and some players have talked about not being able to like shake what happened a season ago, and that that carried over a lingering effect during the training during the training camp portion of the season, and was one that they were never able to really get past. Did you sense that from players when you were there? Absolutely not. I didn't. Obviously, the media, even part of me, I brought it up in some conversations, and, and it was a lot of talk and articles about how they finished and with that linger. But I think Coach Brandon Staley at that time did a great job of look, saying, you know what, guys, this is what happened. We got to look past, we got to look forward, and we got to move on. And as a DB, a former DB, we have to have the shortest memory, right? So I don't really buy into that because I know as a defensive back, when you might have an interception, the next play you might get beat deep for a 70-yard touchdown. You have to snap out of it, whether good or big, whether good or bad play, right? So when you have a game like that, which we all have, we've all had nasty losses where we've lost and comebacks in that kind of shape or fashion, um, especially when another season comes, you have to put that behind you because you can't get beat by the Jacksonville Jaguars twice, which, which they did. Jaleel Adai joining us. So a lot of people think of Brandon Staley as a defensive guru and his defense has left a lot to be desired for this Chargers team. I think that cost him his job as much as anything. But of course, the thing that people point to most obviously is Justin Herbert, a quarterback who's locked up through 2029 that they handed that huge contract to that most everybody believes in. But his talents kind of have been squandered here over the last few years. Is Justin Herbert the guy you think? Justin Herbert is the guy. Justin Herbert is him. He's everything. Like, I came in with Justin. Well, Justin came in on my seventh year when I was with the Chargers in 2020. And the kid is smart. He's humble. He can make every throw. He has the size that you want in a, in, in, in a quarterback in the NFL. He's playing in a big market in L.A. And anything that you do in L.A. and markets like that gets scrutinized, right? And you're under a microscope. But I absolutely think that Justin is the guy. I think that Justin is an MVP type quarterback I think he's a top five quarterback and I think over time when he gets the right coach in there and he's allowed to blossom like he like he should I think everybody will see it so he's a big selling point for anybody that wants to come in and take over this head coaching role and even for a general manager but they're going to have to make some tough roster decisions because of where they are in the salary cap let's say you were the one making this pitch what is your pitch to somebody coming in and trying to intrigue them that this is the best opening available when you look at it, you look at their roster, right, and you see any coach that's you know wants the job, and you say this is a this is a beautiful job. It's in Southern California, it's in Los Angeles. You get the market, the exposure, you get the national televised games that you want because of the market that you're in. And then you have Justin Herbert, who's a young guy who's broken all the records within his first three years for rookie quarterbacks and quarterbacks within the first three years touchdown passes and yards. And he he has everything you want. He's a humble kid. I can speak on this about Justin. Um, he wants the best for the team. He doesn't want any credit. He shies away from the media, and he's all about football. So when you when you see a guy like that who has all the upside, why wouldn't you? Not, why wouldn't you want this job? And then you look on the defensive side with Duran James, and I know Khalil Mack is a little older, and they're gonna we're gonna have to see what they do with him and Joey Bosa. But there's talent all over. Like we just mentioned, Tom. Tom brought back a lot of guys, restructured a lot of guys' contracts on the NFL Top 100, and the results weren't there. But if you are looking at this from the outside in as a coach that wants this job, there's no way that you say, I don't want to take it.
Julia, who are you making that pitch to? I mean, if you were the general manager in right now, who are you targeting? Is it a Bill Belichick? And is it a Harbaugh? Or is it, you know, more maybe one of these coordinators like Ben Jones? Jalila died. Jalila died. There you go. (laughs) No, but seriously, um, I've heard heard talk of Bill Belichick. I've heard talk of Harbaugh. Obviously, Harbaugh is a former Charger. Um, He's done a great job in Michigan. Obviously, Bill is Bill, and he has done what he has done. Um, but I can't make that call right now. I think, you know, Bill has a certain way he goes about doing things, and that may that may work nowadays, and that may not with the young guys. I think Harbaugh, um, as you see how Michigan has rallied behind him, even with his sanctions and the way they've played, um, they, they love him, uh, and they, they play for him. And you can see how they, they go about their business on the field. Either, either or would be a great pickup for the Chargers. Um, but I also know that there's going to be other guys that are, are going to be in, <clears throat> in position to get this job. Move over, Belichick. Jaleel Adai wants the job. Okay, one more, <laughs> Jaleel. Uh, this one more general because you are a former DB. And defensive yeah. players get no love when it comes to the NFL MVP. We're in a weird season, though, where there's not really a yeah. quarterback running away with this thing. Every time we think, you know, like a Dak Prescott, then this weekend happens. Yeah. Who should get the NFL MVP right now? As much as people don't want to talk about it, it's Brock Purdy, man. Brock Purdy's been playing lights out and you look at his stats across the league, he's number one in every category and everyone wants to say, well, he has, he has this, he has Debo, he has McCaffrey, right? He has Kittle. He has a, a, a fantastic defense who gets them the ball back and he's playing under a good coach of Shanahan, but guess what? He's running the system the right way. And right now, most valuable player, if you take him away from their roster, the 49ers are not the same. Um, I think it's all inclusive, right? When you, when you talk about the 49ers because of how many big pieces they have on the offensive side. But if you just want to throw down to the nuts and bolts of it right now, Brock Purdy's playing um, lights out football. Man, I thought you were going to go with a defensive player. <laughs> but Brock Purdy's a good uh, No, guess. I can't do that right now. I mean, he's just balling. He's balling. you got to give it to him. I was even thinking about Tyree Kill, numbers that he's putting up. Obviously, yeah. he's, been, he's dealing with some injuries right now. Um, defensive player right now, there, there's some ballers out there that are that are going in. But right now, I think that Brock, the way he's handling, and his team is winning already clinched um, the playoff berth. So I think he's a front runner right now. Uh, yeah, I think in terms of the odds as well, from uh, Mr. Irrelevant to maybe Mr. MVP, we will see. Jaleel Adai, former Chargers defensive back. Thanks so much, Jaleel. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Join the conversation. We love when you do. 888 say ESPN 888 if you're the Chargers, where are you going, Courtney, coach-wise? Oh, man. If this, the, My only holdup from it being a unanimous decision, go after Jim Harbaugh, is this ownership doesn't like to pay. I don't want to mm-hmm. call them cheap. They are billionaires, but the Spanos family does not like to overpay for coaches. And they've done this before, where they pull the plug on one staff, they end up going out and getting the next big shiny thing, moving on from Anthony Lynn to Brandon Staley. Jim Harbaugh, as a quarterback developer, is about the surest thing that you could bank on here, but we know he's going to come at a very hefty cost. Bill Belichick is going to come at a hefty cost. So frankly... They can't afford to do it this way just from the sense of what it means for the organization, but they're probably going first-time head coach, first-time GM, and going cheap. Yeah, uh, that's certainly been the reputation of this ownership group. I would imagine that Bill and Jim Harbaugh are going to command a ton of money. Harbaugh, much, much younger than Belichick. The Belichick thing, I mean, unless you think you're – 
like championship ready and he's really the guy to get the most out of your young quarterback. I don't know, frankly, if I'd go that direction despite the six rings. Somebody like a Frank Smith, the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. OC Ben Johnson, obviously a name that's been thrown around a ton. The D coordinator there in Detroit, Bobby Slowick, who's the Houston Texans OC. There's a lot of coordinators out there that are thrown in the mix for this Chargers job. I would imagine they're a little cheaper than somebody like Harbaugh significantly and I mean you would get a better return on investment with Harbaugh than Belichick just looking at like where Belichick is in life and in years than Jim Harbaugh who very clearly has been flirting with the NFL the last couple of years feels like he could make the jump back if he wants to but again we'll see this job is not just like Justin Herbert there's gonna like we're talking about with Jaleel there's a lot of roster undoing they're 50 million over the cap Mm -hmm. next year already so Tough decisions with Khalil Mack, with Mike Williams, with Joey Bosa coming up because the best players on this team are the guys who have the highest cap hits. And uh, you don't want to waste the window that Justin Herbert's in right now, but it doesn't make the roster construction or deconstruction, that is, all that easier. A lot of work to be done out there in Los Angeles. Coming up next, we've got some work to do on Amber and Ian with Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian. Are the 49ers the best team in the NFL? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brock Purdy may be on his way to winning an NFL MVP. Courtney Cronin filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So Brock Purdy could be going from Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. NFL MVP. And if he does that, Courtney, and it is entirely possible with the way that this 49ers team has been playing and the way that he himself has been playing and the odds right now, according to ESPN bet are in his favor. So it's possible if it happens, it's one of the best stories ever, right? In NFL history. I mean, the guy goes from not almost not hearing his name called in the draft to leading the NFL in total QBR yards per attempt touchdown to interception ratio on a team that right now is the one seed in the NFC. And he's shown every step along the way at the moment's not, not too big for him. It's one of the greatest stories in sports. If that happens, we've talked about Tom Brady going from six round pick to seven time Super Bowl champ and all that he did throughout his career. Obviously, Brock Purdy's got to win one first to be on that trajectory, but it is it's it would be the greatest sports story of like this the last couple years in terms of like an individual who defied all the odds in a very short amount of time. He's only in a second season and he's already this front runner for the MVP, especially after Dak and the Cowboys 
in their offensive showing yesterday. I think that it's a better story that he was Mr. Irrelevant than even if he hadn't been drafted, right? Because there's something just so notable about the fact that he was, in fact, drafted, but he was the very, very last pick. And we've never seen anybody do that at his position, go anywhere from Mr. Irrelevant at his position, anywhere near where he's already gone. And now, frankly, if he was to win an NFL MVP, it would truly be an unbelievable story. But one of the knocks against him is that he's got the weapons. And there's this idea, well, anybody could do it on that 49ers team. And frankly, not super helpful that we've seen other guys go into that system and, and look great. Trey Lance, notwithstanding, but we've seen other people go into that system and look pretty great. We saw certainly those weapons in full force against the Cardinals over the weekend, 45 to 29. Nobody cares because that Cardinals team is pretty bad. But CMC, another player who is in contention for the NFL MVP, he scored three touchdowns. Debo had a couple scores. The Niners clinched the NFC West title by pushing that winning streak to six games with that win yesterday over the Cardinals. I think it's interesting that that 49ers team has two players that are very fairly in the NFL MVP conversation. I would actually give the nod to Christian McCaffrey because I just think what he's doing is so unbelievable this season. And this is the season I would like to see it go to somebody not named a quarterback. And I know that you want to see it go to Tyreek Hill. It just doesn't feel like that's going to happen, even if he does somehow get to the 2,000 yards that he had hoped for this, you know, the beginning of the preseason when he made that proclamation. He didn't play yesterday, but like, I thought this was going to be as good of a chance as he had as anybody to get there, at least to finish in the top five. But Christian McCaffrey is a compelling case. And you've got two players on the same team competing for the NFL's highest honors, which is MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Christian McCaffrey probably gets Offensive Player of the Year if he doesn't win the MVP. I have a hard time believing that considering we make this a quarterback award, that anybody not named Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson is going to win that award, no matter what McCaffrey does here, even with the team operating through him. I mean, we know the percentages in terms of how much offense they run through their do-it-all running back, but big picture, can we break the idea, can we break the narrative around Brock Purdy being a system quarterback like a system quarterback's a bad thing? I thought what Trent Williams said two weeks ago, was really like poignant stuff that, you know, some, first off, the stats don't lie. Like, you know, to be a system quarterback and to be leading the league in all of those percentages that I just mentioned, that's not something that just any old quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's system could do. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't doing that. Certainly Trey Lance, they did not think he was capable of doing that. So there is something to that. But there's also doesn't need to be a knock on Brock Purdy, the fact that he has so many good weapons around him. Don't you want that on a good team? Haven't we talked about the fact that good players need great players around them to then make the team as good as it wants to be to be able to get to the Super Bowl? So I think that all of those things said, when people come, when it comes time for people to vote, they're going to have to consider those things because I just think it's an unfair thing because he was a former seventh-round draft pick, the last pick in the draft that we so often like look at that when we're evaluating him now real not realizing that he is so far removed from who that guy was and has proven that every step along the way of his NFL career very short NFL career that literally began 13 months ago to an after an injury to Jimmy Garoppolo 
I think one of the reasons that we always mention is because it's so cool. Like, it's just not something we've ever seen before in NFL history. I know people will say it's insulting that we always mention the Mr. Irrelevant thing. I think it's awesome that he was Mr. Irrelevant. And look at you now. Look at where you are. You could be winning a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback on that team in such a quick turnaround and in contention, squarely in contention for an NFL MVP. But yes, all players need other players. All quarterbacks need good weapons. I do think when you've got those kind of dynamic weapons around you with the NFL MVP, it comes down to the conversation, then who's most valuable? I mean, I could have this conversation from an objective perspective with my Miami Dolphins because Tua is in the conversation for NFL MVP and so is Tyreek. And then you saw what that offense looked like against the Titans when Tyreek went down and they didn't have an opportunity to game plan for it. That offense very obviously ran through Tyreek at the time and Tua just didn't look the same without that weapon. Now that corrects itself this week against the Jets and Jalen Waddle steps up and whatnot. But the point is with those weapons, you can see sometimes how unbelievably those wep- important those weapons are and that the offense ends up running through them and not necessarily the quarterback. And I think that's kind of what the reputation that ends up getting attributed to Brock Purdy as well because Christian McCaffrey is so dang great. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, are the Ravens the class of the AFC now and not the Chiefs? We'll get into that 